It is Monday, January 8th. I'm Scott Seidenberg. And I'm AJ Hoffman. The NFL playoffs are set. And Black Monday kicks off in Atlanta. Here comes the Vegas truth. This is straight out of Vegas. We are straight out of Vegas AM, your daily destination for sports conversation with a Vegas lean. Here's what you need to know to start your day. The NFL playoffs are set, Scott. I think that I don't think we need to waste time. That is going to be the Vegas lead as we finished off week 18 here and we now know the matchups. Yeah, fun week 18. Uh, Started out on Saturday with the Steelers beating the Ravens in the monsoon weather that was in Baltimore. I thought that the Ravens were going to have a chance for a backdoor cover. Well, they had the chance for the backdoor cover, but, you know, uh, Tyler Huntley taking the sack and then rushing out the field goal unit. Uh, I don't know why Harbaugh didn't want to go for the touchdown there. That was that was really especially in a meaningless game. Just chuck it, man. That was one of our only two losses in our contest picks, uh, our yeah. seven contest picks in the William in the uh, the Golden Nugget. But yeah, so Steelers win and congratulations. They you know they're in the playoffs. Mike Tomlin does it again, ten and seven. What a season! And you know the last three weeks with Mason Rudolph at quarterback. Now the big story obviously is going to be the health of TJ Watt, but let's just ignore that for a second. And let's just acknowledge the job that Mike Tomlin did with this Pittsburgh Steelers team, a team that, you know, week in and week out, AJ, I don't know if anybody would have even considered them to be one of the top teams in the NFL. I mean, I don't think anyone still does consider them one yeah. of the top teams. Like, uh, uh, you know, it, it, this is uh, it is a great coaching job because this isn't one of the most talented teams. Um, this is the team I think in the AFC that everyone was crossing their fingers, hoping they got lined up against the Pittsburgh Steelers. And I mean, w- would people have rather played them or the Colts? I think maybe you could you could flip a coin on uh, on that, but uh, I, I don't think anybody's afraid of these Pittsburgh Steelers and. You know, especially, I mean, you mentioned Mason Rudolph and credit where it's due. Mason Rudolph had a a pretty dang good day considering the conditions, considering uh, everything, considering the pressure that was on him to to go 18 of 20 uh, in that game that they needed to win is impressive. Um, But yeah, the the Steelers, with all the the strife that they've had this year with George Pickens seeming to be salty and just... It's it's been a weird season for them, but at the end of the day, they're ten and seven somehow, and you know, uh, got got a win over. Uh, I'll, I'll be honest, the Ravens, even though they they didn't have anything to play for, and obviously they sat a bunch of guys, it seemed like the Ravens were trying. It wasn't mm-hmm. it wasn't like uh, they just showed up like like the Browns. It was a difference between the Ravens and the Browns. Like the Browns, you could tell that they they didn't care. This was like a this was a, a scrimmage game to them. The Ravens said, "Okay, we're not we're gonna." not play all our best guys, but we're going to give it hell. And the Ravens gave it hell. Yeah. Steelers who will take on the Buffalo bills. We'll, we'll talk about the playoff matchups uh, coming up. They're massive underdogs. And I don't think TJ Watt plays at all. AJ, um, you know, his brother JJ Watt said it's the best case scenario. It's just a MCL sprain, but it's going to take a lot for him to play. And even if he does try and gut it out and play, there's no way he's going to be effective. So no Steeler, And, and, and you know, it's crazy. We know the records. We know the Steelers with and without TJ Watt, it's night and day. They just do not win without him, but a, a great win over a rival in week 18 to get yourself into the playoffs. I know they needed help, but they did their job and they got the help. So congratulations to Mike Tomlin and the Pittsburgh Steelers. The other game on Saturday was the Texans beating the Colts 23-19 to get themselves into the playoffs and give themselves a chance to win the division. And that actually wound up happening after the Jaguars fell to the Titans yesterday, 28-20. So D'Amico Ryans, In his first year as an NFL head coach with a rookie quarterback, the second overall pick in the NFL draft, finish the season 10 and seven and win the AFC South. I mean, this is, you know, it's funny. We we 
thought maybe Kevin Stefanski had coach of the year wrapped up, but I, this has got to be in the conversation now that the Texans won the division and got a home playoff game uh, after basically spending like three years as a laughing stock <laughs> um, with a rookie rookie quarterback, a rookie head coach to find yourselves in the playoffs and, and hosting a playoff game is incredibly impressive. So uh, hats off to D'Amico Ryan. What a job he's done this season. And I, you know what, man? Just as a guy who, who spent a lot of time working in Houston, I'm happy for this team because it, they, they needed something like this. It, it was such a joke for such a long time with that organization. And, and the fans tried their best to, like, to support that dumpster fire and then to, to finally be rewarded. Uh, it, it's, I, I feel really happy for, uh, for Texans fans who, who gutted that one out. Yeah, and speaking of jokes, you know, just watching the Panthers finish their season off, which really should have been a winless season, let's be honest, and and watching Bryce Young play and looking at C.J. Stroud win the division and go into the playoffs, I, I mean, I sent you a picture of the two of them standing next to each yeah. other, and I said, you know, what NFL scout looked at both of these guys and said, I'll take the little kid, the five foot ten. Barely like 200 pounds. Yeah, barely 200 pounds. Bryce Young versus the 6'3", 215, 225 probably because they, you know, they, 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 they make them, you know, a little lighter on the combine. Uh, you know, CJ Stroud. It, it's just it's night and day the way these two kids played this year. Yeah, I mean, this was about as good as it could have been uh, for, for the Texans. And what's funny is, you know, the Texans lose that last game of the season against the Colts last year or excuse, they won that game and it cost them the, the number one pick that, yeah, yeah yeah and who knows who, i mean there's a lot of people who will say different things about while well, the texans were go always going to take cj stroud that's not what i had heard at the time uh now i'm hearing more and more they they knew it was stroud all along which mm-hmm. is easy to say now but it's it's pretty wild uh and it, it's who knows what what those two organizations would look like right now what the what the panthers would look like and what the texans would look like if that hadn't happened. Well, and who knows if the pan, I mean, the Panthers may not have been able to trade up like the whole yeah, NFL sure. could look different right now. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's take a look at what happened yesterday. The Bengals blew out the Browns 31 14. This was a green button bet between you and I on the dream pod. Yeah, I have no idea. Here. I, I, AJ, the first pass that Jeff Driscoll threw was intercepted. <laughs> and from yeah. that moment on, I, I texted you. I said, Oh boy. <laughs> oh yeah, boy. it was, uh, I had a I had a pretty bad feeling on that first play myself, but then it, the Bengals followed it right up, and I was like, okay, yeah, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but eventually, like I said, it just it felt like the Browns they they weren't concerned with any like uh, any effort whatsoever. Nope. They you you could tell uh, it was a get they, out of dodge game. It certainly was, and you know, like Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt were were both basically ghosts. So this was a, you know, kudos uh, to the Bengals for for playing it out harder than I expected they would. Uh, I mean, Joe Mixon, my goodness, <laughs> he he ran his ass off. And, uh, and you know, it, Jamar Chase was out there for a while, and it, you know, it, was, it was enough. Uh, Browns put up a little fight late, way too late. In, uh, but it was a uh, – this was a, an ass-whipping by the Bengals. Well, one of my picks on the Dream Pod was the Detroit Lions. And the reason was is that I believe that – Dan Campbell was going to play his guys the entire game because he wants to send a message to his team that there are no weeks off, right? And that you want to go into the playoffs on a high note, winning a football game. And that's exactly what he did as the Lions beat the Vikings 30 to 20. However, rookie tight end Sam Laporta, who had 10 touchdown catches this season, goes down with a knee injury, gets carted off, and he is pretty doubtful for the wild card game coming up this week and now everyone's saying dan campbell's a moron for playing his starters in week 18 well i mean you could say everybody's saying that now you know how i feel about this don't play guys that matter like i said the lions had nothing to play for the lions were going to be the three seed Mm -hmm. what is and i get like you want to have this winning culture i get that but at what expense and i think it, it turned like it's going to happen like this, this NFL injuries happen. This is what happens every week. Some, some key guy gets hurt every single week. Why take that risk? And when you're talking about your record setting tight end uh, being out there and you know, now you're not going to have him for the playoffs. It's unfortunate for, for Detroit. The crazy thing to me though, was 
it didn't matter. They, Jared Goff played the rest of the game. They just mm-hmm. kept on going like it didn't happen, which is mind blowing to me. Um, and I guess we'll find out how it works out. But uh, I, I think this was a big mistake by the Lions. I think he's a, a key part of their offense. Mm-hmm. And for a team that has some some questions on the defensive side of the ball, you need everything you can possibly throw at these teams on offense. Um, so I, I, I worry about the Lions going forward. I, I think this was a, a this was a costly injury for them. Uh, and it, you know what what did they what did they gain? Li- mm-hmm. Absolutely nothing. Nothing. What What's funny is. Um... You know, the the report came out earlier in the day that, you know, Travis Kelsey needed 16 yards to get his eighth straight thousand yard receiving season. I texted you and Fez and I said, there's, you know, there's no props up right now. But if once they put up any prop on Travis Kelsey, hammer the under because they're going to pull him from the game as soon as he gets his 16 yards. Well, after the Laporta injury. Not even five minutes later, the report came across Twitter. The Chiefs have ruled Travis Kelsey out for this game. So I don't think that's a coincidence. I think they were watching. They saw the injury and they said, "Okay, you're not going to play in this game, Travis. Uh, And so he wound up sitting out. Uh, We talked about the Titans beating the Jaguars, which helped the Texans win the division. The Jags, who started the season, what were they, eight and three, AJ? I think so, yeah. And, and at one point, a 98 to 99% chance to make the playoffs. 99. Net, 99% chance, according to the analytics, to make the postseason. They lose. They are out. They finish the season with a one and five finish over their final six games. That's how unbelievable is this? Yeah. I mean, this is, it reminds me a lot of what we saw last year with the Tennessee Titans. I mean, this is essentially the same thing that happened to them. They just melted down the stretch and the Jags were there on the final game of the season to take it away from them. So uh, the, the tide turned on them this time and, and the Titans went ahead and cut the throats of the Jags and, and sent them home. And they asked Titans players after the game, did you guys like, was this a big deal? Because they knocked, they knocked you out of the playoffs last year. And they were like, yeah, if we're going to Cancun, they're going to Cancun. So, uh, I mean, you could tell they, they, they were in all fight mode, uh, in Mm. this game and, and got the job done. So Tennessee, uh, which was, listen, I, I thought Tennessee, I thought that number was crazy. It went from five and a half when we put it in for the contest down to three and a half by kickoff. Trevor Lawrence was announced playing, and it's like the money was still coming in on Tennessee. Mm-hmm. This was a, a good spot for the Titans. And, you know, it, there's really some questions about Trevor Lawrence now. Uh, I mean, this is a dude who has not been able to get over that hump. Uh, you, I would have thought winning that playoff game last year would have bought him a little bit of grace. It has not. And people are like, what's going what, Jacksonville needs to figure out what they've got. because It's wild because. Think about it. With Doug Peterson, now people are talking about him like he's on the hot seat. Trevor Lawrence, this team had they had the back-to-back number one picks two years mm-hmm. ago. They went to the playoffs last year, won a playoff game, won nine games this year, and people are like, "Oh, Doug Peterson's got to go. He's he's still riding that Super Bowl <laughs> coattail." It's like, wow, man, it's a it is a cutthroat business in the NFL these days. Yeah, it, it's it's tough. It's a bad end of the season, but there's no denying that Trevor Lawrence was not healthy for the second half of the season and him he probably would have been better off for the team had he sat maybe a few weeks and gotten healthy as opposed to playing week in and week out because it wound up really being uh, a negative for his performance and for the team which was unable to win any football games down the stretch Uh, so they are out and the Titans can celebrate there's a lot of question marks about the Titans future Derek Henry after the game, you know, saying thank you to the fans. So uh, we'll talk about Mike Vrabel coming up in a few minutes, but a nice send off for Derek Henry there. If in fact it was his final game as a Tennessee Titan, the Jets, they beat the Patriots 17-3 in the snow in Foxborough, snapping a 15 game losing streak to new England. And in typical jets fashion, they win a game at the end of the season, which hurts their draft stock for next year. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's what Jets fans were complaining. It's like, what, 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 we, 
we were screwed either way. Either we lost 16 in a row to the Jets or or to the Patriots or they they ruined our draft pick. Um, someone sent me this yesterday. Uh, a guy named uh, Tony on Twitter sent me this last night and said, just a reminder that Belichick went 28 and 39 over his final four years which includes a record of 21 and 38 against everyone other than the Jets. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Not great. Not nope. great, my friends. Nope. And, what know, what do you think up. happens with Bill Belichick? What's, the, uh, what's, what's your I best prediction? Gone. I think okay. he's gone. Uh, whether How do they, they announce it? Is it like a uh, – do they say it's like a mutual parting? Or, or what, what do you either, think? It's either going to – no. I think the most likely scenario is there's a trade. The most likely scenario is that there is a trade involving Bill Belichick where the Patriots get a first-round pick and Bill Belichick becomes the head coach of whatever team. You want to say it's the Chargers, you want to say it's whatever it is. I think that's the easiest way that they get rid of Bill Belichick and they save face, right? Hey, you got a first-round pick. I don't care if it's 2026. You got a first-round pick in exchange, right? And, And, you know, Bill Belichick's not your coach anymore. The other way is if Bill leaves on his terms, meaning Belichick comes out and says, you know, I love coaching, but I need to take a year off, right? Do what Sean Payton did, take a year off and then come back and coach the following year in 2025. Okay. Maybe that's what he'll do or he could do. And he saves face. I do not think that Robert Kraft is going to have a press conference announcing the firing of Bill Belichick. I can't imagine that either. So, but I, I'm with you. I don't think he coaches next year, uh, but I, I think they find a way to couch it where it doesn't look bad. Yeah. Like I said, he's either going to get traded and be the head coach of another team, or he's going to step away from the game. You know, like I said, like Sean, Sean Payton did retire for a year, whatever, or take a sabbatical who, who knows. Uh, but I don't think he's coaching the Patriots next season. We will talk about who we think could coach the Patriots next season coming up in just a few minutes. Uh, The Saints defeated the Falcons 48-17. A lot of drama at the end of this game. It's actually kind of funny what happened. So if you you don't know what the story, and you might have just seen the post-game exchange between Arthur Smith, who was fired last night, and Dennis Allen, the head coach of the Saints, who should be fired, um... (laughs) Arthur time. Smith, yeah, Arthur Smith was was heated because the Saints scored a touchdown there at the end of the game instead of taking a knee. There was an interception that was returned down to the one yard line with you know what it was uh, I don't know a minute left in the game, and Jameis Winston's in at quarterback. They're in the victory formation, and they hand the ball off to Jamal Williams for a touchdown. Everyone, you know, from the uh, Falcons perspective, Bush League, they're all pissed off about it. Jameis Winston after the game's like, hey, we discussed it as an offense. We wanted to get Williams a touchdown. Dennis Allen said, Dennis Allen said that was not the call. Dennis Allen said the call was to kneel the football and the offense, well, Jameis and the offensive line and Jamal Williams did it on their own running in the ball. Not only did was that not the call, but they specifically asked to let him run one in. And Dennis Allen and said no. Dennis Allen said no, mm-hmm. kneel the ball, and then they did it anyway, which kind of tells you how much respect Dennis Allen is getting in that in that clubhouse right now. Yep. So uh, New Orleans, it's total disaster as well. I mean, a nice win, don't get me wrong, but this is uh, it, it also feels like it, it wouldn't shock me if, if we hear Dennis Allen's name later on today at some point. I think he'll be gone, yeah. But, they, hey, they win, and they finish the season with nine wins. So, good season, I guess, for the Saints. You've had the easiest schedule yeah. in the NFL, and you still didn't win your division. That is because the Bucks won the division also at 9-8. and eight. They beat the Panthers 9 nothing, a game that saw zero touchdowns being scored. And the Bucks. Uh, Why did it see zero touchdowns? Because... Fumble on the way into the end zone yes. for the Panthers. Diving, mm-hmm. reaching the ball, and fumbling it away. I mean, kind that of was a, a microcosm it for really the Panthers was. season, right? Just summed it all up, didn't it? Like, <laughs> this is what they've been. So, uh, yeah, not shocked that that's the way it ended. That's a, a, actually a very fitting finish uh, yep. for that for that, t- that squad this year. Uh, the Packers defeated the Bears 17-9 as they 
advance to the playoffs. Now, the Bears were an extremely popular pick in in all the contests here in town. They AJ. were. And, I, I don't know how. I like. I I didn't get it, but I, I guess. Well, because history was not on your side. The Packers own the Chicago Bears. Yeah, uh, nine nine straight. They'd won. Uh, like something like twenty six of the last twenty eight. This is a one sided series. So this is a. Uh, I mean, they dominate. And again, I've been saying this about the Bears defense. I, I'm not saying the Bears defense was bad. Like it was certainly improved. But I think people got to where they thought maybe the Bears defense was good. And I don't think it was there. And I certainly don't think it was good enough to carry, you know, a mediocre offense. And listen, the the Packers, the Packers defense has been so bad. And for them to hold the Bears without a touchdown today Mm -hmm. is is pretty telling. And I know there was a lot of uh, discussion over the last couple of weeks about Justin Fields and his future. And he said that he, he said his goodbyes yesterday just in case. But man, you only put up nine points in in a game that could have kept the Packers out of the playoffs, and uh, against that Packers defense that had done nothing but struggle for the last six weeks, and yeah, that that's a rough look for the Bears. Packers went six and two in the second half of the season to make the playoffs. They finished the year at nine and eight. The Raiders defeated the Broncos 27-14. My best bet on the dream pod. And you know what? This looked like a team that was playing to try and get Antonio Pierce that head coaching job. And that was my handicap all along that the players came out. Devontae Adams, your offensive leader, Max Crosby, your defensive leader, both saying they wanted Antonio Pierce to be the head coach. Now, whether or not that's the decision, we'll wait and see. Um, I think it's going to be the decision because Mark Davis messed up last time by not get, get giving Rich Passaccia the job. Rich Passaccia came in and took over the head coaching duties when they fired John Gruden because of the whole email thing and whatnot, right? And the Raiders responded. They played well, and all the players wanted Passaccia to be the head coach. They decided to go in a different direction. Now you have the players all you know, fighting for Antonio Pierce. Look, the play on the field just goes to show you, like, they played hard. They finished the year eight and nine. Like, the, the, they, they finished the year strong under Antonio Pierce. Yeah, they won, I, uh, I think he, they I went think five and job. four. They went five and four with him. That said, I, I, I said this last week, the, the wins were against, you know, DeVito and Zach mm-hmm. Wilson and Easton Stick and Jarrett Stidham. I'm not sure if he's a, a great coach, but I do think he's a, a great motivator. He's got that team fired up. So um, there's still a lot. I mean, you, you you can only control the talent to a certain degree and having Aiden O'Connell as your quarterback to go five and four with that, I, I guess kudos to him. Um, I, I think maybe you're right. I, I think he's he's probably going to end up getting the job. I think it'd be a good look for them to give him the job, uh, especially, like you said, after what happened last time. Uh, so that's my guess, but I think it would take like a pretty big fish. Like the Raiders would have to mm-hmm. find someone a lot, a lot more credentialed than Josh McDaniels. Like someone like who's Jim already Harbaugh. got, yeah. it would, it'd have to be something like that. And I, I don't picture that happening. All right. We move on the giants crushing the Eagles 27 at 10 and uh, my best bet where, on the pod. Yeah. A, a game Easy where, winner. you know, Philly really didn't, they should not have played their guys. There was no way that Dallas was going to lose to Washington, even though they were down early. The Cowboys wound up blowing out the, the commanders. So the Eagles had no chance to improve their playoff seating. And what happens? A.J. Brown goes down with an injury. Jalen Hurts looks like he broke a finger. Uh, it, not a good performance from the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just not smart. And we talked about the, down the stretch. like the So the Eagles finished losing five of their last six. And the one that they won, they could have easily lost if the if the Giants had started Tyrod Taylor instead of Tommy DeVito. Um, they just looked tired. They looked beat up. And instead of taking this opportunity, knowing now like there's no chance you could get the bye, there's no chance you were getting a home playoff. I mean, there's a chance, but a, a high, highly unlikely you were going to get a home playoff game. Like, what are you doing putting these guys out there? It's so obvious that Jalen Hurts has beat down over the course of the mm-hmm. long season. Mm-hmm. Um and and they said, oh, we're going to run him out there anyway. And what happens? He breaks his finger or dislocates his finger. I'm not sure. Uh, A.J. Brown goes down with a knee injury, though. Who knows how severe it is? I, uh, there were different reports. Some people saying it's not that severe. Some people saying mm-hmm. they're worried. Some people saying he, he was just embarrassed that he fumbled. He wanted to get off the field. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, either way, I, I know that th- things right now are bad in Philly. And I don't know 
if this 11 and 6 Philadelphia Eagles team is anything more than an average team. And I know like I've been saying it for even when before they started losing these games, Scott, you can vouch for this. I I kept saying this team is not that good. Like they're mm-hmm. lucky to be winning these games, but they were winning. So it's it kind of okay, you, you sweep it under the rug. Now that they're losing, I think people are starting to realize that this team is is not all that good. And I mean, hell, people were willing to say that about a 13 and 4 Vikings team last year. I hope they're seeing this team for what it is. This is a, a an average team. If we're being generous, this is an average team going into the playoffs. And boy, I mean, they're this matchup with them in the Bucks is interesting because I, I I don't think I mean these might be the two worst teams that made the playoffs, which is crazy to say, but it, it might in the NFC these might be the two worst playoff teams. You know, it, it's 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 amazing that they go under. Their eleven and a half season win total. Yeah, losing five of their last six games. Think about this, Scott. They were eleven and six on the season. Their scoring margin was plus five. Yeah, five points, and that's only because <laughs> they scored the touchdown late against the Giants. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, they could have been eleven and six with a negative scoring differential, which would have been mind blowing. This they they are an average team, and if they weren't in the Super Bowl last year, people would be more willing to accept that. Nobody wants to hear it because, oh, how could that be? They were in the Super Bowl last year. Their scoring margin this season was worse than the Jacksonville Jags. Wow. So uh, that that should tell you where they're at. They, they, this is not a very good team. The Seahawks beat the Cardinals 21-20. Not much to say about Ooh. that game. The uh, What's the – oh, what? That, well, that, I mean, that was a wild game and a wild yeah. game for uh, for betters. Like, it, it, Seattle kicks or they they score the touchdown and then go for two and get it. Yeah, the, yeah which, Tyler Lockett got the octopus. Yeah, they're kind of looking for. I mean, I think at that point, I think maybe they were eliminated already. Yeah, uh, they were eliminated already. There okay. was no, they, they they didn't want to. Why why go into overtime? There's no reason. And then Arizona goes down and they're lined up to kick the game winning field goal. And I'm like, you, are you really going to mess up your draft pick so you can feel better about this? <laughs> and they, I mean, it's a 51 yard field goal. They missed it, but it was. Yep. Uh, yeah, it was um, it, it was it was interesting. Let's just say that. And for the first time, a game in Arizona this year goes under. So, oh. yeah, first first under this season in Arizona. Uh, the Chiefs and Chargers in a backup bowl. Kansas City wins. What a game! Thirteen to twelve. Harrison Butker with the game winning field goal. The Rams another backup bowl. They beat the 49ers 21-20. Congratulations to Puka Nakua with the rookie record for uh, receiver. And the Cowboys, a 38-10 route of the Commanders. And with that, we had a winner with our same game parlay, kind of. You know, we did the Cowboys in the first half laying mm-hmm. seven and a half, combined with the Giants in the game, plus five and a half. And that plus 290 around their parlay did hit for us. Uh, the Commanders did not score over 16 and a half points but we still got the main two legs of the parlay because we did separate ones so and the theory was right uh, well we thought the eagles were going to rest players after the cowboys were winning big <laughs> no, they half. just the eagles just sucked. they just they just sucked yeah uh but then the nightcap the afc east championship game now at this point because of the way that everything broke down there was a little less drama where the bills had already clinched a playoff spot by the time this game kicked off and so all they were playing for was the two seed and a home game versus being either the sixth seed or the seventh seed and figuring out where you're going to play on Super Wild Card Weekend. The Bills beat the Dolphins 21-14. Miami had absolutely zero offense in the second half. The game ends with Tua throwing an interception with Tyreek Hill not on the field, and I don't think that that's a coincidence. Uh, I, I think that, you know, clearly Tyreek was banged up the play before, took off big hit. He goes off the field, whether it's for a play or not, it doesn't matter. But without him on the field, without Jalen Watto on the field, it's like there's no weapons. And and Tua doesn't know. He's throwing it to Juju? What? Yeah, listen, this is my biggest frustration with Tyreek Hill. And I understand why Tyreek was out, was was playing, even though he's banged up, because, the, I mean, the Dolphins, this the Dolphins did have something to play for. Listen, the Dolphins could have had two home games 
You could have played Buffalo and Kansas City at home, or you could go to Kansas City where it's, where it's by the way, it's going to be colder than Buffalo yeah. uh, yep. next weekend and then have to go to Buffalo if you win that. Mm-hmm. So obviously home field was important for Miami. So I get why Tyreek's out there playing. What I don't understand about Tyreek Hill is how can you be limited in practice all week with this this ankle that's clearly giving you problems? It's been giving you problems for a month. You score a touchdown and you do like a springboard backflip. Like, mm-hmm. And then it, it just makes it look worse when you're not on the field the last play of the game. Like either either understand what you like, either understand you're playing hurt and you've got to you've got to protect yourself where you can. What happens if he lands wrong on that backflip and his ankle yeah. folds over? Like, it's just dumb. So, I, again, it didn't end up mattering. But, I mean, he, he wasn't on the field for the last play of the game. And kudos to the Bills. They found a way to fight through it. Uh, Josh Allen, who did not have a great game, still kind of took the team on his shoulders late and said, okay, I, I'm just going to I'm gonna run the ball and I'm, I'm going to get this job done. And he did just that. He had a, He had a couple interceptions early, had a fumble early. And uh, just said at the end of the game that they were putting it on his shoulders. I thought they got a really bad spot on a fourth down that would have iced the game. And they gave the Dolphins a chance to have that. Oh, I don't uh, think that, that was a bad spot. I don't think it was a bad spot because if you can see, like, the maybe. Okay. They showed the, the, down the line that that no, orange no, no, no. post is still the uh, the marker, right? Don't don't call it a bad spot. Call it an early whistle. Okay. Because. that. Yeah. On this, on like the third or fourth effort, once the offensive lineman and everyone's pushing and stuff, he does appear to cross the line to gain. However, the replay showed that as soon as he got stuffed up, the refs running in, and once the refs running in, the whistles that means blown. The, yeah, yeah, you're right. So they blew, they blew the play dead, and when they blew the play dead, he was short. I thought it was it was a great spot. I can I can see the argument if you want to say it's an early whistle because with the tush push now it's like they, they always let them go. they they let them go they let the guys push him it was a little bit of an early whistle but it was the right spot and you know Miami you know what it made for a better ending I guess you know ending with the Tua interception so I think early whistle is probably a better description you're right there we go super wild card weekend is set we have two games on Saturday three games on Sunday, and then one game on Monday. So the Eagles get an extra day of rest, which they'll need with uh, A.J. Brown and and with uh, the finger for um, Jalen Hurts. But Saturday's games, we have the Browns at the Texans, and these odds are courtesy of the DraftKings Sportsbook. Now, I know odds are, are moving everywhere in multiple books, but we're using our friends at the DraftKings Sportsbook right now and we're looking at the Texans and the Browns. Cleveland, a two-and-a-half-point road favorite with a total of 44. What's your early lean, AJ? This was the this is the only game I've played so far. So Last night, I, I locked in Cleveland minus two. Uh, it is the only bet I've made so far this season, and this just boils down to a rookie quarterback against a, an elite defense, mm-hmm. even at home. Um, I, I feel like there, there's an edge for this Browns team and the Browns, whatever they did this, this, you know, yesterday, you, you can call it smart, call it dumb. I don't know. I, I mean, the way they played it, they, they, they did the opposite of what the, the Eagles and the Dolphins did. They didn't put anybody at risk and hopefully for them, or at least hopefully for my pocketbook and them, it pays off here. Hopefully they're, they're hoping Amari Cooper's a little healthier. Uh, they know they're going to have a healthy Joe Flacco going into this game. So uh browns minus two was my my only play so far i'd still i'd up to three i'd I'd, or before three i'd like to i'd like the browns here so i actually had a stat and i'm really trying to i'm trying to see if i can pull it up but i i tweeted it out years ago and it had to do with quarterbacks making their playoffs debut versus teams that versus a quarterback that had or has playoff experience, mm. right? And if you look at it, like I know it's you know you're saying like, oh well, you know Joe Flacco is, hasn't been around in a long time. The guy won a Super Bowl, okay? Yeah. <laughs> he, you know, he won a Super Bowl. It, it's been many many years, but he won a Super Bowl. So you have a rookie in C.J. Stroud playing in obviously his first playoff experience in the NFL versus a quarterback in Joe Flacco who has experience and has won a Super Bowl. Well, I actually have a trend 
on something like this, AJ. And I tweeted this out a couple of years ago. I've updated it, obviously, with last year's performances. But quarterbacks making their postseason debuts, their first start in a playoff game versus a quarterback with playoff experience, they're 17-35-1 against the spread. And so it's, yeah, and so it's not just this first game with C.J. Stroud and Joe Flacco. We have four matchups like that Which, by the way, Joe Flacco, 15 playoff starts, almost a full season of playoff starts under his belt. It's not just this game. It's actually the other Saturday game as well with Tua going up against Mahomes. The Dolphins will be in Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. The Chiefs right now are three-and-a-half-point favorites. The total is 43-and-a-half. And as you mentioned earlier, it's going to be cold in Kansas City. It's going to be cold. It's going to be cold. This total feels too high for me because of that reason. Um, Yeah, this is a a Chiefs offense that struggled and struggled and struggled, Um, and then a a Dolphins offense that I think is going to struggle in this cold and still is struggling with, with health. So uh, 43, I know you're seeing Chiefs, Dolphins. Oh, it's got to be a shootout. The, the way these two teams have looked lately, I, I don't think that's the case. And the narrative is there. We have Tyreek Hill making his return to Kansas City for the first time. And, yep. And I, I think it was something you mentioned that we should uh, sort of hit on is a lot of people may not remember that Tua, even though the Dolphins made the playoffs last year, Tua did not play in that game. That was a Skylar Thompson game. So Tua is, in fact, making his playoff debut. Yeah, so, yeah, Skyward Town. Remember, Tua had the uh, concussions, and the Bills were massive favorites um, in that game last year. And the Dolphins actually played well. Dolphins covered. Yeah, they covered that spread. (laughs) They lost the game, but they they absolutely played well in that game. Let's move to Sunday, where the Steelers are at the Bills, and Buffalo is a a nine-and-a-half-point favorite, total of 39-and-a-half. It is also going to be cold, maybe snowy, um, but it's Mason Rudolph making his postseason debut against Josh Allen and the Bills. Yeah, this is tough, man. This is a, It's a big number to lay with the Bills right now because it, even in the win yesterday, there was a lot you could you could say uh, it could have easily gone the other way. And, you know, the Bills would be uh, packing their bags for a, you know, for a road game this week. So I, I still think there's some issues with that team. There's some issues with, with the way Josh is playing. But um, it's Josh Allen at home against Mason Rudolph and a team that I – while they're a playoff team, I, I don't think they are a playoff caliber team uh, in the Pittsburgh Steelers. So I, it's bills are pass for me. It's it's probably going to be a pass at that number. And, you know, no TJ watch makes all the difference uh, sure. in this defense for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Your second game on Sunday is going to be the Packers at the Cowboys. Another matchup of a quarterback making his debut in Jordan Love against Dak Prescott. Dallas is a seven and a half point favorite at home, total of 49 and a half. And we know how different the Cowboys play at home versus on the road. Fast track in Dallas, you would imagine against a struggling Packers defense, the Cowboys will put up a ton of points. Yeah, and this will be whenever team totals pop. That's what I'm gonna. That's the way I'm gonna attack this. Is Dallas's team total? They just continue to cover that team total at home. So uh, that's the way I'm gonna look and and not worry about how their defense plays. Uh, I'm just gonna say Cowboys put up a big number, and you know I, I assume they'll move on to the next round. But uh, I I don't want to have to back the Cowboys defense, which I, I don't totally trust right now. So that's the way I'm gonna attack it. Your Sunday night game: the Rams at the Lions. Detroit right now. A three and a half point favorite, total of 52. And we talk about narratives, but it's Matthew Stafford going back to Detroit for the first time. I honestly, I think I might be on the Rams. Uh, I, I, I'd like this Matt Stafford back to Detroit angle. Um, and I just think that the Rams are a more complete team. I like the Rams defense. I, I just think that this is a, 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 a overinflated line. I, I don't think the Rams are, are very good defense. Excuse me, the, the, the Lions are very good defensively. And the Rams are the kind of team that could take advantage of it. I mean, this has been a uh, an elite offense. I've I've said it for for weeks now. With Kyron Williams, this is a different team. You don't want to play this team, and I think this is a good opportunity for them to uh, to put up a nice number against a Lions t- defense that is is questionable at best. 
And with the whole Laporta situation, I, I'm not comfortable betting on the Lions right now. I think the Rams have the experience. They have the coaching edge. Uh, I think the Rams are a solid play here, plus the points, especially north of a field goal. And Monday night, to wrap up the wild card weekend, Eagles at the Bucks. Philadelphia a road favorite, minus two and a half. Do we believe in Baker and the Bucks at home? I don't believe in either of these teams, so no, uh, I don't. I this is a really tough line for me. I, I I don't want anything to do with the Philadelphia Eagles right now, but uh, I I also can't trust Baker Mayfield as you know. It just doesn't. I I I don't have a lot of interest in this game. Period. But I, I'm certainly not going to have a wager on it. I don't, I don't trust either team right now. Yeah, it's hard to with what we've seen from the Eagles lately. But man, I think the Bucks might be, with the exception of the Steelers, they might be the worst playoff team here. Uh, but then they've been surprising me all year long, though. I didn't expect the Bucks. We we thought they were going to be a bottom team this year. Did not expect them to do what they have done to this point. So that is Super Wild Card Weekend. The matchups are set for the NFL postseason. Here are the odds to win the Super Bowl as they stand right now in the DraftKings Sportsbook. The 49ers are your favorite at plus 220. The Ravens plus 310. Bills plus 650, your third favorite. Cowboys plus 750 is the fourth favorite. Then the Chiefs at 10 to 1. The Eagles at 16 to 1. <laughs> Dolphins at 16 to 1. Lions 18 to 1. Browns 35 to 1. Texans 40 to 1. Rams 45 to 1. Bucks 60 to 1. Packers 90 to 1. Steelers 120 to 1. Based on those odds, what is your dark horse value play? The Cleveland Browns. Uh, it sounds crazy, but yeah, I think the Cleveland Browns are my dark horse. That's a 35 to 1. Yeah, that, that's to me, that's a legit contender. And it's 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 weird to say it, given that Joe Flacco is the quarterback. But mm -hmm. no, I, I believe in that team. What about the Rams at 45 to one? I don't think that's crazy either. I mean, to me, those are the, those and those two teams have made me so much money this year because I was yeah. fortunate to kind of buy into them a little bit early and, and they've paid me off. But man, like they're they're teams that have like guys who have been there and done it and won before, like. Joe Flacco and Matt Stafford are they're winners. Those guys have done it. Um and with the with the with the Rams in particular, I mean, this is such a well-coached team. Uh the Rams have an elite offense. The Browns have an elite defense. I, I mean, it, if you have one unit that's elite like that, you've got a chance as long as you're mm -hmm. not just terrible on the other side. And with Flacco, the, the Browns haven't been terrible on on, on offense and the Rams haven't been terrible on defense in a while. Flacco's a Super Bowl MVP, and Matthew Stafford was a borderline Super Bowl MVP. Cooper Cup won it. So uh, they definitely have the experience, and they have the leadership quality. Speaking of leadership, it is Black Monday around the league, AJ, and that means bum, bum, coaches bum. are getting fired. It's garbage bag day. Teams are emptying out their lockers and getting the ready Falcons for the Falcons didn't even wait for Monday. They didn't wait for Black Monday. They said, no, you're not making it through the night, Art. Yep, Arthur Smith canned last night, and uh, the Falcons will be looking for a new head coach. This is not a surprise, something that we expected to see. Um, also, we know about the openings of the jobs that are already available uh, with, obviously, the Raiders having Antonio Pierce as their interim head coach. We know about the Panthers who, you know, fired uh, their, you know, the coach earlier a couple of weeks ago. Um, we do expect... Ron the Rivera, the Chargers as well. We do expect Ron Rivera to be out of a job. Um, that's not official yet, but the reports yesterday were that Ron Rivera was coaching his final game as a member, uh, as a coach of the Washington Commanders. We're waiting on the future of Bill Belichick. Mike Vrabel, what's his status in Tennessee? I think Mike, Mike Vrabel's status is very much like Bill Belichick's. If he wants to be there, he'll be there. If he wants to go, he'll go. Would the Patriots trade for Mike Vrabel to be their head coach? Or I, are they better off hiring Brian Flores? I think they're better off hiring Brian Flores. Like, I think Mike Vrabel's really good, but I don't think the Patriots are in a position where they can just trade away, you know, first round pick. Yeah, first round pick. Like, they've, you need a quarterback. You need a lot, to be honest. What like, if the you, trade is like you can you get like Malik Willis and, no, no. and Mike Vrabel? No. The answer is no. You need no. a quarterback. Yeah, it, Ryan Tannehill and no. Mike Vrabel. No, 
uh, no, they they don't they're not gonna right, they don't right, have control of Mike Tannehill anymore. Tannehill, Vrabel, and Derrick Henry. Those guys, <laughs> like those guys, are free agents. You can't just trade free agents. No, I I mean I'll be honest. Like if there was like if Will Levis was involved, I'd consider it if I were the Patriots. Okay, okay. I, I mean that, that's a reasonable uh, that's a reasonable conversation. Like if you say okay, I, I I'll uh, if if you send back Will Levis. You, you know, with with Mike Vrabel, I'll, we'll give mm. you these first round picks. But I don't think the Titans are going to do that. The Titans probably still believe in Will Levis. If they don't, yeah. by all means, make that deal. But um, yeah, it, it's the Titans are so weird right now because everybody's it, it, Titans and the Bears. No one knows the future of anybody, so they're all just kind of like, well, if this is it, it's been real. Uh, like Derrick Henry remembers all the cleaning ladies' names. Like he doesn't. It's amazing how many people he knows in that building. So it's. I don't know what what the future looks like for for Tennessee. I would assume they'd want to keep Mike Vrabel. I'd have to be if I'm the Titans. I'd have to be wowed to move on from Mike Vrabel. I really would. It would have to, mm-hmm. and like I would have to be blown away by an offer. And I don't think the I don't think the Patriots are in any position to make that offer. Yeah. So again, I think Belichick either gets traded to another team or he takes some time off. I do expect him to not be the head coach of the Patriots and whether that means they go out and trade for a Mike Vrabel or, you know, whatever they decide to work out. Um, I'm curious to see who will be the next head coach of the new England Patriots. Let's play a quick game. So we know, and we'll wait and we'll wait to throw Washington and new Orleans in this mix until they're official and new England for that matter. But Mm -hmm. with the four jobs that are currently open Raiders, Chargers, Raiders, Chargers, Panthers, and, and Falcons. Falcons mm-hmm. rank those jobs like if you were a head coach like you were the, the prettiest head coach on the market and you could choose your your landing spot rank those in order for me boy um I'd probably say man it's a, it's tough because I think it's, people it's the, it's I the think Chargers people, it has to well, be no, the Chargers I, no, no no I I I don't think it's as easy as just saying that you have Justin Herbert and and that makes you like an automatic winner I think no, you it gives really you the have, best chance to win, though. But I think if you're if you look at a team like Atlanta and you look at the commodities that they have acquired over the past couple of seasons, right now I know the quarterback is an issue. You're going to have to find yourself a quarterback because Desmond Ritter is clearly not the answer, and I don't know if you're going to get a quarterback with the eighth uh, pick in the draft, or you know maybe you trade for a quarterback or sign a free agent or whatever it is. But you're telling me like let, let's play hypoth- since we're doing hypotheticals here, brand new head coach. Kirk Cousins as a quarterback, Atlanta Falcons. That's not a playoff team in the NFC South with the weapons they have on that team, with the schedule that they're going to have. I mean, you're telling me a a solid quarterback that doesn't turn the football over like Kirk Cousins is not going to have a field day with Kyle Pitts and Drake London and B. John Robinson? Uh, You know what? If if Kirk Cousins comes back and he's healthy, then yes. But, I mean, Kirk Cousins is an older dude. He'd be coming off a major surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, I mean, they'd certainly be better. Uh, but again, that's your that's your kind of projecting, like that they're able to get. That. Does Kirk Cousins want to go play in Atlanta? I don't know. Uh, here's what I know about the Chargers: the Chargers have the only stable quarterback uh, of those four teams, and, and on top of that, pick. they've got the fifth pick. They've yeah. they've got the best pick of all those teams. Uh, mm-hmm. So when you've got when you've got your quarterback and you've got a high draft pick, it feels like that's the that's the best spot. But um, they're also a team that I mean, the Chargers they they could they they need to draft the best available player. I mean, do you think way, there's any way way over the salary cap too? Think about this though, right? Like the, what the Chargers' problems have been, and I know last year was a complete. I, I know taking a wide receiver is gonna gonna make people upset because they completely whiffed on on Quentin Johnson when yeah. they could have had they could have had you know other really good players. Yeah, but. If they have the opportunity to draft either Marvin Harrison or Romeo Adunze, and you have Keenan Allen on one side, Mike Williams coming back healthy, and Marvin Harrison Jr., like you're telling me that's not like giving Justin Herbert the tools he needs to win? I mean, it would certainly be giving him the tools he needs to win. It's just a uh, a matter of like you you've got yes. Do you do you probably need another wide receiver? Sure. But I mean, you also need a lot of defense. Think, you need offensive and line. I don't help. even think Har- I don't even think Harrison's going to be there at five. 
I think he gets taken. Um, well, if he's not there, you get, Malik Neighbors will be there, or you know, one yeah. one of those guys are going to be there. But but then you've got to make the decision of okay, I can get Joe Alt. Like, do I want this elite tackle? Do I want uh, do I want a Marvin Harris? I, my assumption right now is that the first handful of picks uh, are going to, like with Chicago, who I assume will trade that pick, and then Washington and New England having the two and three picks. It, yeah, we may Drake, see three Drake, quarterbacks. Drake, it's Drake May is clearly going to be the quarterback of the New England Patriots. <laughs> Let's be honest, especially well, if Bill Belichick still there. <laughs> well, uh, I mean, the Commanders pick ahead of the uh, of the of, of the Patriots, don't they? Well, yeah. Uh, so I guess Caleb so Drake Williams, may be Drake the Command- May, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, Jaden Daniels might be the Patriots quarterback. But again, who knows? Guys are going to be willing to trade up or down or whatever. Um, but yeah, the Chargers are going to have a lot of options, man, and that's uh, they have it's good because they've got a lot of freaking holes. Falcons, I mean, they, they're they're interesting too. They're going to have uh, the eighth pick in the draft. I, I don't, it depends on what's going to be there. Like you're, mm-hmm. those top three are probably gone. You know, you have to have a quarterback, so you're looking at a Michael Penix or a Bo Nix, maybe. Um, do you believe in those guys? So there's a real question there for, unless they were in, if they're able to get Kirk cousins, do you still draft a quarterback? Like you might have to. So yeah. it, it's a, it, the, the Falcons are in an interesting spot. The, the spot that I think is in the worst shape is the Panthers because clearly you're, their pick. you're married to that player. Like if mm-hmm. he's, if he is what he looked like this year, there's no relief in sight, you know, like it, it, you're either, you're either stuck with him for two more years at, at best and then, you know, trying to figure it out again and taking a, a, you know, a negative cap situation off of it. But like, there's just no positive spin to that. The Raiders, I mean, the Raiders are are interesting because, I mean, they could have played a better quarterback than they were this season. They've got the 13th pick. There's probably not a quarterback worth getting at that pick, but maybe the Raiders can trade up. Maybe the Raiders are one of those teams that, that talk to the Bears. Maybe the Raiders get Justin Fields. Are you interested in the Raiders if you've got Justin Fields? That, that you know, it's something to look at. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating. Of course, we'll find out more news later on today. We expect it'll be uh, Ron Rivera being relieved of his duties. We're waiting to see what happens with Bill Belichick, who will meet with Robert Kraft coming up later today. And then if Dennis Allen winds up, you know, with everything that happened yesterday with the players not respecting him, maybe Dennis Allen is out of a job as well. Black Monday in the NFL. I'm RJ Bell, and I'm going to give you some straight talk. Now, there's two types of people that try to be healthy. One is the fanatics. They're the types that show up in Vegas, and they got a water bottle, and they got, like, a celery chopped up. And let's forget about them because I'm nothing like them. And you know what? I know a lot of them love AG1, but I'm not speaking to them. You guys got it covered. You know AG1's good. I'm talking about the people who try, but they're not perfect with it. And to me, that's what makes AG1 perfect is you can have a big dinner and maybe eat a little too much. Maybe have that glass of wine or that beer. You're not feeling great. Next morning, you have the AG1 and all of a sudden you're back feeling good. And to me, if you can have that as your home base in a way, that, that center, that equator, that center that you can return to at any time with just a nice drink and feel healthy, well... I love it. If you want to take ownership of your health, it starts with AG1. Try AG1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin D3 and K2 and five free AG1 travel packs with your first purchase exclusively at drinkag1.com slash rjbell. That's drinkag1.com slash rjbell. Check it out. DraftKings, the leader in fantasy sports, just dropped a brand new fantasy app, Pick 6. Now, what's different about this thing? I was never a big fantasy guy. You know why? Is I always worried, you know, who's on the other side? Who am I playing against? With pick six, you're not going against another player or players. You're going against the bookmaker. You're going against the number that they put up. So all you got to do is pick between two and six NFL players and choose if they're going to have more or less of the stat that interests you. Download DraftKings Pick 6 app now and sign up with code RJ. That's code RJ. Only at DraftKings Pick 6. The crown is yours. Gambling problem. 
Call 1-800-GAMBLER. 18 plus in most eligible states. But age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. Valid only in states where DraftKings Pick 6 operates. Pick 6 not available in all states, including but not limited to Connecticut and New York. For up-to-date lists of states, please visit dkng.com slash pick6states. Void where prohibited. See terms at pick6.draftkings.com. The college football season will come to a close tonight. The national championship game between the two remaining undefeated teams, Michigan and Washington, being played at NRG Stadium in Houston with the Michigan Wolverines now up to a five and a half point favorite at some books. Uh, And the DraftKings right now still at four and a half, but I've seen as high as five and a half total at 56 and a half for tonight's game. And I'll kick this off, AJ. I've been on Washington all season long, and I'm going to stay on Washington here. And I think not only can they cover this, I think they're live to win this game. Michigan has not seen an offense like Washington this season. And for you know all the respect in the world that I have for Alabama and Jalen Milrow, it's not. It's it's clearly not a this Washington offense. They haven't seen a quarterback like Michael Penix this year. Who's the best quarterback that Michigan faced this year? Like, let's just, just like well, off the top of your head, who's the best quarterback they faced? Because uh, it ain't well, Kyle McCord. It's Jalen Milrow. It's Jalen Milrow in the last game, yeah. and they sacked him a bunch of times. But we know yeah. Washington has a much better offensive line, and and Penix gets the ball out so quickly with that spread attack from Kalen DeBoer that you don't have the opportunity to sack him like they do against Jalen Miller. And I think that's the difference here is that not only have they not faced a quarterback like Michael Penix, they haven't faced an offense like this that gets the ball out as quickly as, you know, Washington does. And I think it's going to be, uh, it's going to take an adjustment. I think Washington can get to them in their first drive or two. And then if the Michigan defense can make the adjustments, which I think they can, they're capable of it. This could be a very close competitive game, but I think those first two drives are going to be the most important two drives for Washington. If they go down the field and score two touchdowns in their first two drives, they're winning this game. Yeah, I tend to think so. But, I, but listen, this is also um, – I think J.J. McCarthy's going to have some success in this game too. I, I, I'm That Washington defense showed some holes, and Quinn Ewers w- wasn't always able to take advantage of them. J.J. McCarthy, maybe his game is a little more. This is a guy who um, doesn't make mistakes. And I think we saw after that first almost mistake in the Alabama game, it went to an ultra-conservative game plan. I'd expect that again. I don't think he gets these big chunk plays, but I think they try to control the ball. I think they try and dink and dunk. I think they try and just grind this game out. And to me, that makes this likely an under game. And in an under game, I, I certainly lean to the dog. Uh, I, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to bet this game yet. I, I probably will wait until sometime today to, to make my final decision. But I'm looking at some player props. I, I've put in no picks on this game yet. I haven't I haven't made a single wager on this game. But uh, I'm leaning to I it have. being a, a lower scoring game. And I, I, I lean to the dog here. So I'll tell you my picks in just, in just a moment here. But um, there is one common opponent for both of these teams this year, and it's Michigan State, where Michigan blew them out 49 to nothing, and Washington won 41 to 7. So they both were able to handle Michigan State, but then again, everybody is able to handle yeah. Michigan State. Now, the people, the one handicap that I've heard people say when talking about this game is that, um, as I mentioned, Michigan hasn't faced a quarterback or an offense like Washington. They say, well, Washington hasn't faced a defense like Michigan. But, but I actually think that that's not true because if you look at, look at Oregon's defense, who was one of the top defenses in the country this year, but maybe a better comp would be the, the Utah defense, right, to Michigan's defense. Utah is an elite defense, and Michael Penix put 35 points against the Utah defense. I know it's a home game. It's a lot different than playing at Utah, but that's still a top 10 defense in the country. Same thing with Oregon, and they put up over 30 points both times they faced Oregon. So I think they're going to find success, especially through the air. Now, I don't know what Dylan Johnson's status is, the running back. He says he's going to be a go. Dude had to be helped off the field last week, so I don't know how uh, efficient he's going to be. But I've played – I I made three plays on this game. 
And, you know, Washington is obviously one of them. Props that I like in this game, I like Michael Penix over one and a half touchdown passes. It's minus 200. It's juiced. But he's throwing for two touchdown passes in this game. You're never going to be able to convince me that he is not throwing for two touchdowns, especially with a banged up Dylan Johnson. Like yeah. they're they're gonna throw the football, and he could have had he could have had like like in last week in the in the semifinal game he only threw for two. I bet the over two and a half. He could have thrown for four. Like they got down and like you know inside the five yard line they you know Dylan Johnson ran for two touchdowns. Those could have been like play action little passes like we've seen from Penix and Washington all season. And against Michigan, that's really good against the run. I think that Penix will have to throw in those goal to go situations. So over one and a half touchdown passes for Michael Penix and the other play. And I actually think this is an insulting line, and this is my top play of the game. Okay. The top play in the, again, in the college football playoff national championship game for tonight. It's Washington wide receiver Jalen Polk over 49 and a half receiving yards. Again, I'll repeat that. 49 and a half receiving yards. Yeah, that's a surprising number. First off, a lot of attention is going to go to Romeo Odunze, right? He's he's the you know one, second best you know receiver in the country behind Marvin Harrison Jr. And he'll Everyone's draw Will gonna, Johnson. Will Johnson's exactly. the guy. Everyone's going to be talking about him. But let me just read you Jalen Polk's game logs this entire season. We'll start in the semifinal game, 122 yards. Pac-12 championship game, 57. And then regular season. 55, 52, 148, 102, 118, 41, 127, 118, 81, 101. So with the exception of the five catches for 41 yards against Arizona, he has gone over 50 yards in every single game this season. I don't care that it's Michigan. I don't care that it's a national championship game. Jalen Polk over 49 and a half receiving yards. My best bet for the national championship game tonight. You know, a number that I was surprised at. And so the, one of the things that I know is going to happen tonight is Blake Coram's going to score a touchdown. It, it's almost, yeah, a, he's a like certain, minus 500 to score a touchdown. Minus, <laughs> minus 420 is what I'm seeing here. And that might be short. Like I, I, I'm, when I say it might be short, I'm not kidding, but here's a number two plus touchdowns. So let's say he's, he scores once you're asking to score one more time. And by the way, this is a guy who, eight nine times nine out of their 14 games this season scored multiple touchdowns mm-hmm. even money to score two two or more, two or more touchdowns i mean he I like is, it. he's their entire he's the, offense he yeah. is their I offense mean, particularly in the red zone he is their offense so that may be one of the but props even if I you want to just bet even if or just bet the one touchdown i mean i know 420 is a lot to lay he has scored a touchdown in every single game they've played he this has season. it's almost i mean it's a it's almost a lock He'd have, to, he'd have to snap every, his leg. <laughs> in every single game this season. And you know what? Going back to last year, he scored a touchdown in every single game except the game where he got hurt against Ohio State. <laughs> yep. He is now on a run of six consecutive games with two or more touchdowns. So for, for to say that he's even money to score two touchdowns, that feels like a good, that feels like a good play to me. So that may be my... So, so the better way I may have talked myself into one. The the better way of me saying this, right? Because you know he got hurt in the um, in the uh, Big Ten championship game last year against Ohio State, right? So Blake Corum, in every game over the last two seasons that he has started and finished, he has scored a touchdown in. That's wild. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, every yeah. game he started and finished, he scored a touchdown. But Blake Corum scoring a touchdown. I think he's going to yes. score two. So that's what I'm going to okay. roll with. That, that, okay. That's one of the plays I'll make for today. Taking a look at the NBA schedule for tonight. The Bulls are at the Hornets. Chicago, a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Celtics at the Pacers. Boston, three-and-a-half-point road favorites. Total of 244-and-a-half, which seems low, AJ, for a Pacers game. It is low for a Pacers game, but obviously the Celtics are uh, an elite defensive team. So um, I'm not going to take the cheese. I'm not going to go out there in that mousetrap. 
The Thunder are at the Wizards. OKC, 11.5 point favorites. Rockets at the Heat. Miami laying 4.5. Jazz are at the Bucks. Milwaukee, 9.5 point favorites. This also is a total of 244.5. And, and the Suns are at the Clippers. LA, 6.5 point favorites. The Clippers yesterday losing to the Lakers, 106 103. Yeah, Norman Powell missing, like hitting double rim on the uh, the attempt to tie at the buzzer. So uh, heartbreaking loss for the Clippers, and now they get the Suns coming into town. Eesh, not ideal. And just a small schedule on the ice tonight. Again, all, all the attention is going to be on the college football playoff national championship game. But we have the Rangers hosting the Canucks. Uh, Rangers minus 135, total of six and a half. Penguins are at the Flyers. Pittsburgh's minus 125. Stars at the Wild. Dallas minus 140. And the Bruins visit the Avalanche. Colorado, a minus 130 favorite. Kind of lean towards the Bruins on the road there. Might be the DraftKings dog of the day. Day. And we have an announcement in the UFC, AJ. What's going on? Yeah, a couple fights happening in the UFC. UFC 299, which is down in Miami, is going to be Dustin Poirier and Benoit St. Denis is going to be the co-main event. It is going to be a five-round co-main event. Uh, so fantastic fight there. And then they announced for UFC 300 with uh, with some injuries at lightweight for uh, Islam Makashev. They announced that Charles Oliveira, the number one contender, is going to fight Armin Sarukian at UFC 300 uh, to basically decide who gets the next title shot at lightweight. So it should be a, a fantastic fight. It, really, both those are, are awesome fights. So uh, the, next, the next few months of UFC cards are filling out nicely. Make sure you guys head to pregame.com where you can take advantage of the promos that we are offering, including 20% off any purchase you'd like on the website using our code EARLY20. EARLY20 gets you 20% off at pregame.com. For AJ Hoffman, I'm Scott Seidenberg. Enjoy the national championship game tonight, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning straight out of Vegas. Hey, yeah.